Good morning. So glad you're here today. This morning we're going to look at a, one of the books of the minor prophets today and one of the stories of the prophets to help us learn a little bit about really a principle that is taught throughout all of the Bible. And this morning we're going to look at the story of Habakkuk, uh, the very interesting name that is often hard to pronounce and hard to spell, but nonetheless very informative for us today. You know, the Bible tells us stories uh, about ordinary people being used by God to do extraordinary things. And that's the beauty and the power of what God can do is that God can take a life that is uh, corrupted by sin and transform that life to do something wonderful for the Lord. He can take a life that was once meant for evil and absolutely use it to preach the gospel and lead people to the Lord in many different ways. And thank God for that. God can do that. And we see the stories of the Bible uh, all throughout from Genesis to Revelation of ordinary people, just people like you and I. You know, oftentimes when we read the Bible, it's, we see these people and we think, oh my goodness, they're, they're up on another level, they're beyond me. But listen today, when we're reading the Bible, that's the beauty about the Bible is they're people just like us. The apostles, people just like us. The prophets, people just like us. Called by God, used by God, surrendered to the Lord for His purposes. All the way back to Noah, people just like us. But yet there was a willingness to listen to the Lord. God has great things that he wants to do through all of us and even still today, but it often comes down to our response to the Lord. And thank God that there have been people throughout the history of the Bible that were willing to listen, to submit, to surrender to the Lord. And even when they weren't, there were other people who were willing to stand up and intercede and pray on behalf of the people. And one of those people was the prophet Habakkuk. And Habakkuk was a prophet in his day, and like many of the minor prophets, Habakkuk was prophesying at a time of a divided kingdom, a hard time. When the kingdom was split, there was wickedness in the land, uh, captivity was imminent. And yet Habakkuk recognized this difficult time. And his, the book that Habakkuk write is uh, unlike many of the other prophets because of Really, it's a conversation that is recorded from him and the Lord. It's God, him praying to the Lord and God speaking to him. Him praying to the Lord and God giving a response and an answer. And it's probably uh, best to say that Habakkuk is prophesying at a time that is an in-between time. He was uncertain about what was about to happen, but yet he was praying and seeking the Lord for direction and asking God what he could do. And I want you to notice here is that what Habakkuk is about to pray about uh, started as him surveying the land. He began to look around and observe. He began to see and hear stories about King Jehoiakim and the other kings that led people in wickedness and evil. And he began to look around and see all the problems in the land. And the thing that is different about Habakkuk, oftentimes compared to uh, many of us today or many people throughout Scripture, is that Habakkuk turned his complaint into a prayer. 
And it's easy for us to oftentimes see things in our world, to see problems in our world, and to complain about them and just almost in a way that is asking for self-pity. But Habakkuk made his prayer a point of going, or made his complaint a point of prayer to say, but Lord, you have to do something. God, there's no other way. There's no other answer. Only you can do it. And that's what God's inviting us to do. And this morning, you're going to understand that Habakkuk, what, what he saw that bothered him was the beginnings of what God would use, to uh, beginnings of how God would use him to be a solution of the thing that bothered him. And this morning, I want to talk to you about called by God, called by God. The Bible teaches us story after story about people who were called by God. God came and spoke to them, whether it was in a burning bush or a voice in the temple or a voice coming from there or here, a voice coming and through an angel speaking to Mary, whatever it was, or Jesus walking up to the disciples and saying, follow me. God called people to follow him, to be used by him. And all that God was looking for and the people who that were called by him was a simple yes. But offering the Lord a simple yes is sometimes the hardest thing we'll ever do. Because offering the Lord a yes is not just a, okay, yes. It's an act of surrender. It's an act of obedience that says, I'm willing to take my hands off the steering wheel of my life and hand it over to the Lord Jesus. And God uses people, and that's why he calls people, is because God has plans for the earth to preach the gospel, to make his glory known in all the earth. And God uses and invites you and I to do that, to make known his goodness in the earth. He offers the invitation for you and I to be part of being the one who takes the good news into all the world. And all of us have different callings and different ways that God calls us. But nonetheless, God is inviting all of us to be used by him. And it starts with a simple yes. Moses, it starts with a looking over in the land and seeing, oh no, my people are in slavery. They're in captivity. Habakkuk, it started with looking across the land and thinking, what has happened? This place used to be run by kings who loved the Lord. And now here we are. There is corruption like I've never seen before. And so this morning, as we're talking about being called by God, I want to just share with you a few things that we learn from Habakkuk's life. And really, we see throughout the rest of Scripture, the elements of a call. How do I know if I'm called by God? How do I know what God is doing in my life? How do I respond to that call by God? And while this is a very generic in general, I believe it can be applied to all of us here today, whatever background or life that we're living. And, and the thing about a call is, is that we see in Scripture and we know even here today is that a call is not a respecter of persons. God doesn't look in somebody and says, well, because you're this age or that age, you're disqualified. No, what God looks to is that the Bible says that he's searching the earth, seeking those who are seeking after him and ready to strengthen them whose hearts are set upon him. 
And so what God is looking for is simply someone who is in search of him, seeking after him, pursuing after him. And so this morning, can we just throw off whatever maybe we've been taught about a call by God and just look at it through what the Bible says? It doesn't matter age. It doesn't matter background. It doesn't matter a culture. It doesn't matter where we came from or how we grew up. That's not the way the Lord works. The Lord doesn't look at those things. That's what they said about David. When God called Samuel to go find David, they brought out all the people. Or David's father brought all the, the sons that he thought, well, these must be some of the best of the best that I have. But the Lord wasn't looking for the best of the best. He was looking for what no one else could see, the heart. And that's what he told Samuel. The Lord doesn't judge by the outward. He judges by what's going on on the inside. And for all of us here today, none of us can see that, right? No, none of us can see that. So it's not our place to look at anybody or any other person or maybe even ourselves and think, oh, no, I'm disqualified. Only the Lord searches our heart. Only God knows that. That's left to the Lord. So we let God do that. And that's why God calls people and we don't. So this morning, a few things about the elements of a call. We see here in Habakkuk chapter 1, the Bible says in verse uh, 2, that he began to complain to the Lord in a prayer. And it was a prayer. He says, how long, O Lord, I'm sorry, Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 2. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen, or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? How long, O Lord? He goes on and begins in, in length to describe the things that he was seeing in the land and seeing the problems, the injustices, the wrongdoing, the evil that were all around him. And remember, once again, Habakkuk didn't just make his complaint known. He brought it to before the Lord. Because if there's anybody who is going to fix the thing that is wrong in the earth, listen, it's the Lord. If there's anybody who's going to change hearts and transform lives and save people, it's the Lord. And so when God gives us something that is overwhelming to us, that is before us and thinking, oh God, it's bothering me. I see this thing happening here. It's burdening me. Then it's our response to go to the Lord with it. And that's the first piece about the element of a call. Number one is a burden from the Lord. It's a burden from the Lord. You know, and this is a t maybe something we don't talk about a lot, but a burden is this idea of a weight that is placed upon a shoulder. Uh, we see that in John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, right? He was carrying around a burden. But there are burdens that come from the Lord that weigh upon us. Like it sits on us and we seem to can't shake it. Like it seems to just wrestle with us. We lay our head down at night, we think about it. We drive down the road, we find ourselves, oh God, it's, I'm grieving about this. It's a burden from the Lord. It's what was happening in Nehemiah's life when Nehemiah was doing his job that God had called him to do. He was serving the king day after day and he heard that the city lay in ruins. He heard that his city, his place lay in ruins. The walls were down and he began to just weep, the Bible says, before the Lord. Began to weep before the king. He couldn't even do his job. It overwhelmed him so much. 
Jeremiah in the same way. He was known as the weeping prophet because of all the things that he saw in the land. And it was like a burden that rested down on him. And it caused him to go before the Lord and weep and call upon God day and night seeking the Lord. In a similar fashion, Paul would write in great lengths and arguments and trying to witness to people and evangelize people who would just not hear him, who were thinking in ways and being led astray by false doctrines. And there was a burden from the Lord and a willingness to say, but I'm willing to lay down my life so that you can understand the truth of the gospel. The same way others had done the same thing, John and many of the other disciples preached until the point of death. They were willing to give it all to the Lord. It was like a burden that had just come down upon them. They saw something in the land, something that God was calling them to do. And it started as a burden, as a point of, oh Lord, I need to do something about this. Are you calling me to do something about this? What you'll notice about a burden and what you'll notice here in Habakkuk's life is that what started as a burden, it was the catalyst that God used for action. And that's the way God works. Why would God call us to do something that we don't care about? Why would God call us to do something in the earth to help people if it's not really in our heart to do it? That's not the way the Lord works. A burden attaches us what will later come to the vision. Because when you really have a burden about something, you're really concerned about it. You're really loving towards it. You have a sense of not just a spiritual obligation, but an emotional obligation. And remember, God created our emotions just like he did our spirit. And they are intended to work together. And so if it's a burden and it's overwhelming us and sitting upon us, it is intended in some type of way to compel us to do action, to use it. It starts as a burden, but it's not intended to stay as a burden. It's intended to somehow, you'll see, God turns it into action. A burden from the Lord. The second thing you'll notice about a call uh, is the element of a call is that Habakkuk writes in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 1, and I'm going to read a few verses here for the next few things we're going to talk about. He says, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1, he says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. And then the Lord replied, write down the revelation or some translations say, write down the vision and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it for the vision or the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false, though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. The second thing that makes up a call, the element of a call, which is oftentimes a missed part of a call, is this verse one. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. One of the things that God starts with in a call is continued its faithfulness to the Lord. There's a burden from the Lord, but also there is faithfulness to the Lord. We talk about faithfulness a lot. I talk about faithfulness a lot, I guess I should say. But I say it once again. And when we're called by God and when God is working something in us, God hasn't called us to sit back and do nothing while we wait. That's not what Habakkuk did. Habakkuk was faithful and doing what he knew to already keep doing. 
And oftentimes there's this thought, well, you know, I've, I'm going to be called. There's like a title that has to be associated with it. So I can only do certain things because there's a, um, some type of superiority. Listen, no, that, throw that out. Throw that out. That's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that if you're faithful in little, you can be faithful over much. And that is a biblical principle that Jesus taught. And faithfulness to the Lord is what God has called us to do. If you're starting with a point of a burden from the Lord and you're wondering, what do I do from here? Continue being faithful in what you have been doing. Keep being faithful in serving the Lord and how you've been serving the Lord. Keep being faithful in praying and reading your Bible and seeking the Lord with all of your heart. Because those elements, listen, those things it doesn't matter how many years you are into your call or how many years go by, those things will never change. Those foundational pieces, those faithful in little will never go away. They will always be there. If we cannot maintain a heart to do the things that God has, we know through scripture has called us to do, pray fast, seek his face, serve and love our neighbors and love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, then we'll never be ready to take on the other things that God is calling us to do. Because regardless of what God calls us to do, those things will always stay permanent. They will never go away. We have to continue Continue to be faithful to the Lord. So many young ministers that I served with uh, throughout the years, oftentimes this would be a point of discussion with that if there's like a sense of graduating, if God's called me from, called me to something, then I like graduate and move on. But listen, if you forget the foundational things, then you can never graduate. You can never go on. When you graduate high school or college, you don't forget the things that you lost, that you were learning in those elementary days. They are still practical and needed. We still do addition today, even though I learned it in second grade. I still do addition today. And it's still important that the foundational pieces are still there. The groundwork is still there. And we can never abandon them. We can never leave them behind. We have to continue being faithful and little. And God will do whatever he wants to do with the rest. It's faithfulness to the Lord. The third part about a call from the Lord being called by God is that we see this from Habakkuk is that he says, I will stand at my watch. I will station myself on the ramparts. He was going to keep being faithful at his job. And secondly, he says this, I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. He says in verse three, he says, or though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. The third thing about being called by God is it requires waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. There's lots of things that God has for our lives. There's wonderful plans that God has for our lives. But you know, the wonderful thing about the Lord is that God knows us better than we know ourselves. And God is not necessarily going to hand us over a manual and say, here's the call for you. Go with it. Here's the whole thing. Run with it. Here's from plan A to plan B to plan C. No, that's not how it works. God calls us to live by faith. 
And if God didn't call us to live by faith, we would resort to our own selves instead of a dependency upon the Lord. And waiting on the Lord is something that even in whatever stage of our calling that we will get to, we will always be waiting on the Lord. Because that is a position of a servant of the Lord. A servant of the Lord always waits on the Lord. And whatever God does in our lives or wants to do in our lives, it will always require us to say, I will look to see what he will say to me. I'm going to see what God's going to say to me. Or as the apostles preached and proclaimed, it's better for us. We ought to obey God rather than man. And of course, everybody has their opinions of what God should do through our lives. But listen, according to Habakkuk and according to Jesus, I will look to see what he will say to me. I'm going to say, what God, wait, wait, what does God want to do with my life? What is God speaking to me? And until God speaks to me, until God gives me direction, the best thing that we know to do is wait. It's better to sit steady and wait than to run ahead and end up on a trail that God never intended us to be on. God has called us to simply wait upon him. Look, I know, is Habakkuk, the Lord even reassured Habakkuk. I'm sure he was getting frustrated. I've been waiting, Lord. How long, he says. Time was a, a problem with Habakkuk. He was complaining. This seems like it's taking forever, God. When are you going to do something? And he tells him, though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Remember this. God is the, not the author of confusion, but of peace. And God is the beginning. And he, what he starts, he will finish. He will bring to completion. God doesn't start something and then stop it and just throw it away and say, no, that's a waste. What God starts, he finishes. And even though for our timetable, it might seem like it's taking forever. When in the world, Lord, are you going to do this? I've been waiting forever and ever and ever. But to the Lord it's precious time. To the Lord, it's a moment of faith being built up in us. It's a moment of God growing in us, that seed that will bring forth a hundredfold. That process of waiting is sometimes more significant than what will even come on the other side of the waiting. Waiting on the Lord's direction and not our own. This is why Habakkuk said, I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Habakkuk realized that there was no answer that he could offer, but it had to come from the Lord. And I say this as a word of caution and a word of warning to all of us here today. While we all have plans for our lives and dreams for our lives, there is no dream for our life like the Lord's dream for us, like the Lord's plan for us. That is the best plan for our lives. There are things that God sees years away from now that you and I don't see. There are things that we say, while well, innocent as our plans may seem, and we think, well, Lord, I want to do this. I want to do that, that, this, this, and that. And we lay it all out before the Lord, and we have this plan for our life as if we haven't waited on the Lord. You know what? Sometimes God will let us go ahead. Because sometimes it's in that process that we will come back to once again learn that waiting is important. Because there is no direction like the Lord's direction. Listen, I would rather take advice from the one who spoke and made the sun pop up in the sky than to take my direction any day who speaks a bad word and regrets it for the next day, right? The Lord's word is not a waste. What God speaks, he will bring it to completion. Wait upon the Lord. My friend, you're thinking, you're feeling a call from the Lord, a burden from the Lord, and you're thinking, what do I do with this? Just wait on the Lord. Don't run ahead. 
Don't run ahead of the Lord. Don't go and just, just blaze by everybody else. No, just wait on the Lord. God will do it in his time. Though it linger, wait for it. It has an appointed time. Go read the apostles' lives. Go read the work of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You see those disciples and how Jesus says to them, you're going to be fishers of men right when the point of calling. And we see them for three years walking around with Jesus. And though they did some works for the Lord, that really wasn't the fruition of all that God wanted to do. That really came about after the Holy Spirit. After Jesus had left them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. They went into all of the earth and did the work of the Lord. And there they were three years with Jesus. Jesus. And still we're not quite seeing all that God had spoke to them. And though as if they even realized all that God said to them, it requires us to say, I will look to see what he will say to me. Before we make any decision about our life, I'm going to look and see what Jesus has to say. Before I rush ahead and make a plan and establish this, this, and how the finances and how my career and all this is going to intersect. No, I'm going to look and see what he will say. That's the best advice the Lord can give us. I'm going to wait and see what he says. The fourth thing, a call from the Lord. It starts as a burden from the Lord. It requires faithfulness to the Lord, waiting on the Lord. And fourthly, it's this. As we see God speak to Habakkuk, the Lord replied, write down the vision and make it plain on tablets. A call being called by God. It comes to a point where there is a vision from the Lord. And isn't that the wonderful thing about the Bible is that we know that when we're called by God, there is a moment after you've gone and you've got a burden about it and you've been faithful to the Lord and you're waiting on the Lord. We're not waiting for nothing, the Bible tells us. There will come an appointed time and then there will come a point where it becomes plain. Like Moses, the burning bush, spoke. God spoke through a burning bush. Like Isaiah, looking up into the heavens and seeing God seated on the throne. Whom will I send? It was a burden. It rested upon him. Whom will go for us? Oh, no, Lord. Who? I, I, I'm going to go, Lord. There was a vision that compelled him. Oftentimes, a vision from the Lord is not so much a vision of what it to do. Oftentimes, a vision of the Lord is a vision of the Lord. A vision from the Lord is often a vision of the Lord. And what I mean by that is that oftentimes when God wants to work through our lives, the best way for you and I to be used by God is to have an understanding of who God is. Because when we have an understanding of who God is, we will understand what really matters to the Lord. What his heart is all about. That God's love is for all people. That God's love is not that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that when we begin to understand who God is, that God is love, light, and life, and that all the wonderful things about the Lord, it's oftentimes that vision that intersects into our life that says, oh, I must go about it this way way to let the world know that you are God, that you are wonderful, that you are great. There can be no vision from the Lord without first a vision of who the Lord is. Because if we're going to do the work that God has called us to do, then we have to understand the God who has called us to do the work. And that is what God is after. And when it comes, the wonderful thing about it is that 
God gives us that moment like Habakkuk where later on he would have the vision. It would come to him. The Lord would answer him. Moses the same way. There would be a moment. When you have a moment where God intersects the complaint and comes back in response to the burden that has been weighing on you. The thing is the Bible teaches us in the New Testament that the call of God is irrevocable. That means you can't return it. You can't say, no, Lord, I'm done. No, no, the call of God is irrevocable. When God calls, it's there. It's for you and I. God has called us to that. And so when God gives us a moment where there is a vision of the Lord, you can always look back and say, I know God gave me that vision. I know God called me to this. I know God spoke to me at this. And then in the future, when times of discouragement come, or when times come and you think, well, I'm, I'm going to quit. It's time for me to quit. The Lord might remind you of that wonderful day where he said to you, but don't you remember I called you to this? Don't you remember that day I met you in this place and that place? And I said to you, and you heard from me a word, and don't you remember I called you? And the thing that the Lord knows is that when there is a moment that you and I can recall without a shadow of a doubt and say, yes, you did, Lord. Then the thing is, is that call, just like Paul in Acts chapter 9, here is this light from heaven. He's fallen off his horse. A light shones about him and he's talking to the Lord, this whole conversation and the Lord speak to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And this whole conversion experience that leads to a call, Paul could later look back and even the moments when he's being beat to death, he could say, yes, it's worth it because I know God has called me. Listen, if you don't know God has called you to it, and if you don't have a sense of confidence and assurance of it, then it will be easier to walk away from it and give up from it. A vision from the Lord gives us a sense of perseverance, a sense of knowing, yes, Lord, I know. I know that you've called me to this, that you have purposed me for this, that you have created me for this. And it doesn't matter what the enemy, he's the accuser of the brethren, what he might say in my ear or how he might try to cause me to give up, it doesn't matter. No, Lord, I know. I heard that from you. I'm going to hold on to that. I can take it to the bank until I stand before you. And in heaven, I'm even going to remember that day. And no, yes. I've been called by the Lord. Isn't that wonderful that God even gives us a vision because only he knows what's up ahead. He only knows what's in the years to come. And in the days we're living today, we need that sense of encounter with the Lord like Noah, Moses, Peter, John, Paul, all Esther, all of the others could have with the Lord to know this in the days that were coming that we must persevere and keep doing what we've been called to do. Keep being faithful in it. It requires that vision from the Lord. And fifthly and finally is this as the musicians come. He says, I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. And then the Lord replied, write down the vision, make it plain. Let me, I've made it plain. I know it's the vision. The Lord has spoke to me so that a herald may run with it for the revelation. It awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Being called by God. It's an element of a burden from the Lord, faithfulness to the Lord, waiting on the Lord, a vision from the Lord. And then finally, the, the joy of it all is running with the Lord. When God gives you that vision, when God gives you that moment and you say, no, Lord, I know 
I've been called to do this. I know you're going to use my life for this. Whatever it is that you're doing, what all of us is different. It's not going to be like another. All of us is different. Whatever it is, there is going to come a moment where we have to begin to take the thing that God has given us and run with it. God didn't give it to us for nothing. He gave it to us for a purpose. And now when he begins to give it to us for his purpose, we have to run with it. We have to go and make the most of it and do all that we've been called to do. And so remember this this morning is that God has called us and placed us exactly where we are right now. Not just right now in this place in time and, and locationally, but in this place in time in all of the span of humanity. Remember, he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He knows all of the first and the last. Our lives could have come at any other point, but God appointed it right now. An appointed time. That you and I, right now, if God gives you a call, if God speaks to you and gives you this understanding that you think, Oh Lord, I know, I've been called by God. And there is that moment I want to encourage you today. It is for, right now, an appointed time. God doesn't give it for a waste. God doesn't do it just to let it time go by. No, it's for an appointed time. And who has appointed it? The Lord. The Lord who knows all time. And it's our responsibility to take whatever God is calling us to do. Listen, yes, there, it's, this is generic. This isn't going to hit everybody exactly the same. But if we've been called by God, we have something we have to do about it. We have to run with it. Go and do what God called you to do. What are you waiting for? If God called you to do it, run with it. If you're waiting, then wait. If you're still in that process, wait. But if God's giving you a vision and you know, no, I've been called by God to do it, run with it. It might even help to come alongside a few brothers and sisters and say, you know what? I just really sense the Lord is calling me to do. Will you pray for me? Maybe will you not only pray with me, will you just offer me some words of wisdom? Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. And sometimes when it comes down to a calling from the Lord and people who have gone before us, it's helpful to ask, will you just give me some words of advice? As Jesus was speaking to the disciples, he said to them in John chapter 15, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. What have we all been called to do? To bear fruit. How that fruit comes about? Oh, there's lots of ways of gardening. But there's lots of ways that also bring about fruit. And nonetheless, God has appointed us all to go forward and bear fruit. The wonderful thing about that scripture is I have come back in many times and I have to remind myself is it doesn't say uh, man chose me or some person chose me, or someone spoke over me and chose me and appointed. No, that's not what it said. The Bible says that Jesus chose you and appointed you. Jesus spoke into your life. God spoke into my life and appointed us. He himself, no man, it comes from the Lord. And there's lots of opinions about what God wants to do with our lives and how we should go about living our lives. But listen here today, if it's not coming from Jesus, oh, we have to be careful. Jesus says, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, not just any fruit, fruit that's going to last. Fruit that's not only going to last here on earth, but it's going to last into heaven. Isn't that the joy of the work of the Lord? Is that one day you and I, you can serve the Lord all your life and never see the fruit of what you're doing here on earth. But there will come a day 
when you and I stand before the Lord and the Lord will show us as we stand before the judgment seat of Christ and all the things that you and I have obedience, acts of obedience, life of faithfulness to the Lord and service and God will show us the fruit that really lasted. Isn't that wonderful? Will you stand with me this morning? Every eye closed today. This morning you're wrestling with a burden God's put in you, something just weighing on you. You feel like, Lord, am I supposed to do something about this? Is this burden hitting me because you're calling me to do something? Remember what Habakkuk did. He had a conversation with the Lord. And if you're unsure and if you're lacking direction, just start a conversation with the Lord. Lord, where are you leading me? Where are you calling me? How are you speaking to me? May there come a moment, Lord, where I know without a shadow of a doubt, I've been called by you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. My friend, can I just encourage you this morning? The Bible teaches us that, the, that he says, my sheep know my voice and I call them by name. When the Lord calls your name, you know it. It's, it's not a question of doubt. You know, oh no, the Lord spoke to me. And God is still in the speaking business. He still speaks to his people. He still guides us because he's faithful to us like that. And when God speaks to you, there's not a question of, well, did the Lord really talk to me? I'm not sure. No, when the Lord speaks, you know, absolutely, God spoke. And maybe God's speaking to you. Maybe he's been speaking to you. And this is just a confirmation to remind you today you're called by God, run with it. Go. Go in the name of Jesus. Don't fear. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. You might be like Moses and say, but Lord, I, I'm not an eloquent speaker. I can't talk. I can't help anybody. Lord, what am I going to say? You could be like Paul and say, but Lord, these people will never accept me. I persecuted them all of my life. How in the world am I going to preach the gospel to them? Well, listen, the thing is, is that for the Lord, there is no excuse. When God calls, when God appoints, He can do exactly what He says. doesn't matter the limitations you and I see. God's not de defined by our set of limitations. Oh, He's supernatural, extraordinary, wonderful in all of His ways. So maybe you would say to the Lord like Samuel, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. Lord, how are you calling me today? What is it that you're saying to me? How are you leading my life? I'm going to wait and see what the Lord will say to me. Yes, Lord. What are you saying to me? What are you saying, Jesus? Thank you, Lord, today. Thank you, Jesus, today. Thank you, Lord, today. And this morning, if that's you today, you just feel maybe God's working something in you some prayer today, someone to stand alongside of you, we'd be glad to stand with you this morning. Would you just come and stand here at the front? Let us pray for you. Let us pray for you. God's burdening you. God's working in your heart, stirring something up. Oh, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'm going to respond. Yes, Lord, I need you today. Yes, Lord Jesus. If that's you this morning, just come today.
however God's working in your heart. Just come this morning. comes we're going to sing this song and this morning if God's beckoning you oh my friend please respond oh don't hinder don't wait just respond say yes Lord I'm available he's pulling on your heart say yes Lord yes Jesus yes Lord yes Jesus yes Lord maybe some of you you need to go back to that moment where you were called by the Lord and remind yourself say yes I know I am called by the Lord God did speak to me God did show me and give me purpose and life and speak into me and I know without a shadow of a doubt and maybe you need to do like Paul said to Timothy and fan in the flame the gift of God stir up the gift of God inside of you oh Lord we thank you today thank you for purpose Lord Thank you, Lord, today we're not without purpose, Lord, that you have destined us, you have called us and invited us to be participants in the great plan that you have, Lord. Oh, God, we know, Father, that they're in your kingdom, Lord, nothing's a waste, that, God, you can redeem and you can transform and you can do wonderful things through our lives, Lord. And though it might have seemed like affliction, Lord, we take joy today knowing that the steadfast love goes on and on and on and his mercies are new every morning and though I lay down the cloak and though I lay down and giving up and serving the Lord today God may you fan in the flame the gift of God in me stir up the passion that I once had for you Lord stir up the heart that I once had to serve and love others Lord we pray today God do it in me God, take me back to that moment where I can remember and recall that you spoke to me, Lord. You gave me a sense of calling and purpose. And God, that same passion that came out of that moment, may it come again, Lord. May it birth in me again, Jesus. Breathe on us, Lord, your Holy Spirit today. Thank you, Jesus, today. Thank you, Lord, today. So let's sing this morning. All of us today, let's sing, Jesus. Thank you. 